Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It was especially the summer of 2014. Yeah, it was, it was 2014, 14. I was, I was on about 35 grand a month. Get a knock at the door. Oh. Who's this? I open the door. There's just these four heavies there, like massive guys. I'm like, hello. And they're like, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, it was a, it was, it was a dark time of life. Honestly, it was. I've, I've had a few, few moments in life that have been really depressing, and this was, this was like, How? very near the top of the list. Well then, Rich. Finally, we've made our own podcast. The full ninety podcast has been born, and this is the first episode. Whether you're watching or listening to it, what can people expect from us, Richard, across hopefully months and years of podcasts? Well, it's going to be myself and Brandon delving into the lives of a sports star, a YouTube creator, and everyone else in between, looking at the highs and lows of their life, and hopefully giving some tips and tricks and opinions on the real important things that are happening right now in their industry. Yeah, and we had to start off a banger today, didn't we? So we have got a huge, and if not the biggest, FIFA YouTube creator on the planet. All I'm going to say is strap yourselves in. You do not want to miss this. This is the 490 podcast, and we're so happy that you've joined us on this journey. In the debut episode of the 490 podcast, we're joined by one of the goats of FIFA content creation, the Penfez. We talk from everything from Foot Galaxy to So Rare, how hundreds of thousands of pounds can be made playing the beautiful game. This is going to be an incredible episode, one you do not want to miss. Welcome to the 490 Podcast. Well then, what a podcast we have today, Richard. A really special guest, uh, an unbelievable way to kick off this uh, this new opportunity for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time coming, but we are ready to launch. And launch with a bang is what we are going to do. A YouTube legend, FIFA royalty, over 1 billion views globally, over 5 million followers. The one, the only, the Penfez. Welcome hey. to the full 90. Thanks very much. How you doing? I'm well. I, I'm, like, I'm... I like the kickoff joke. That was all right, wasn't it? Yeah. He... Probably, probably went... Under the radar a little bit. but Went off my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. As we always do, and what we will be doing on this podcast, Nep, as we go through our guests, we always start with a pre-match drink. So before you came in today, we said to you, what's your pre-match drink? You've got it in front of you right now. Well, I did say vodka, but... <laughs> what what, what yeah. have you gone for? Oh, obviously a Dr Pepper, like the classic, you know. Why? I, do you know what? I don't even know. It's uh, it's just one of those drinks that is just the best, isn't it? Is it a Foot Champs drink or not? Oh, that'd be going back to the vodka, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it is, it is a foot champs drink, actually. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those drinks that's just incredibly addictive. But only this taste is good. 
if you've ever tried the zero or the like, other versions that they've had like the caramel version stuff it's just disgusting but not a coke cherry no i don't, I don't mind it i don't mind coke cherry because they're like um sugar-free one is actually quite nice so right. yeah trying to i mean i'm not a fan personally but <laughs> no he's gone for a softy uh drink today um what have you gone for, Rich? I've gone for a nice Lipton iced, iced, tea. iced peach tea. Uh, I'll give you a taste test. Live on the podcast, episode numero uno. Could have picked better, <laughs> but that's where we are. That's what's going to keep me fueled. You're going to get a stale from me every single podcast. Thoughts on a nice Americana nap? Not, not me. No? No. It's like hot, hot dirty water. Me. I mean, yeah. But it's it does look, lovely. It does look a bit grim, to be fair. Yeah. yeah never. No, never. Anyway, pre-drinks locked in for the next 90 minutes. Where do we kick off with, Rich? Because, look, this is an unbelievable opportunity to have this man sitting next to us. Like, I think we got to go to the start, all the way back. Um, early life. Obviously, you are slightly older now, so we're going to go much. back a little <laughs> bit further. Um, where did it start? Not necessarily YouTube, but you as a, as a, as a child growing up. What was that like? Um... So I grew up in New Addington, in South London. Um, it's a it's a dive, honestly, or at least it was when I grew up there. I still believe it is. So, um, and it was it's a bit like a little bit of an underprivileged childhood. Like my dad did well, like working in pubs and whatnot. Um, but my parents split, like basically when I was like one or two years old. So my dad was always working in London or running pubs, like far away, and lived with my mum, my older sister my younger sister, my younger brother, um, in, you know, really small three bed council house and struggling to make ends meet really. And like school was pretty horrible. I was like, all right at school, nothing, nothing crazy. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, unfortunately it's not like a nice story. It's not like it wasn't a nice environment to, to grow up in. It was a lot of, a lot of crime. Like it's like, you know, where I come from is like below the poverty line. So, uh, yeah, you just kind of literally would just do your best to get through your days and look forward to the like school holidays when I'd go to my nan's or my granddad's. You know, I lived in like like Kent and Folkestone and stuff. So we'd get like a few a few weeks there, go to the theme park or go to Butlins in Bognor or something like that and, and just have like a wild time for, yeah, for like a 10 or a 12 year old. Speaking of Bognor. Not to give away locations, but I'm not far from Butlins. Oh, is that um, right? Yeah. So uh, not, not far from the seaside. Um, when can you recall your first sort of like console, like playing your first FIFA, like owning one, so to speak? So I never owned one when I, when I lived in New Addington, but one of the guys I went to school with, Terry, his name was, he had a console. I want, I want to say it was a Sega Master System and uh, I used to go around his place and we'd play Crush, Kill and Destroy. Like oh, they were terrible games, button boxing, things like that. Right? It was awful. But some kid down the end of my road, Gary, he had uh, the, I want to say, the one after the Sega Mark system. I can't remember, it, like one of the first ones that you put a disc in, right? It was, honestly, technology was incredible. And um, he had International Superstar Soccer Pro, which is now eFootball, like evolved yeah. through Pez. And that that just used to be my Saturdays for a while. Just get up, go go down to his house, his mum make us, you know, Chris Sandwich just play ISS Pro and then we'll go out in his front garden and uh, kick the ball around a little bit and pretend that we was, you know, England superstars. He was always Alan Shearer, even though I wanted to be Alan Shearer. <laughs> so I was Michael Owen and, uh, yeah, that that was it for consoles. Until I was about maybe like 13, 14, my dad bought me um, the PlayStation 1 and uh, that was it. 
wrestling games, football games, fighting games, everything. Did have a few like consoles up until then, like would play on just a Nintendo, like, you know, Duck Hunt and stuff, like those sort of games, Super Mario, like grew up playing those sort of games. And uh, we'd always have a console and then we wouldn't have a console. I don't know if that was maybe because it was Naughty Kid or something. And yeah. it, it maybe it still was there. But um, yeah, that, that was that was it for a lot of it. So you, you, you're going through life, 13, 14, 15. What was the, the aspiration then? Was it just, I mean, I, I come from, from Barnsley where it's very much a trade. You get a trade, you learn a craft, and then you go and do that job for 60 years. Was that sort of an aim was that the goal were you pushed into anything from parents oh yeah so my granddad run pubs and my dad run pubs and so i was pushed in very early so actually from about 13 years old every time i'd finish school or when i was going to college as well at 16 i'd get a train up to london and go and like collect glasses in the pub for a bit of pocket money each each weekend and whatnot and then when i was 16 i started working in the kitchen like did my chef's license and actually started working in the industry a lot but uh, my dad was big rugby, big rugby man. Played rugby professionally and stuff. So oh. he used to take me to his training games. And what apparently I watched him play once. I don't remember. And he was like, "You just wasn't it there." But um, I've got, I've only got two memories of like actually going to the rugby training sessions with him. He played for Harlequins, and the first time I went, one of his teammates only, like threw a rugby towards me, rugby ball towards me, and I, he assumes, I guess, that because I'm a rugby player's son, I know how to catch a rugby ball, which I don't, and it just hit my finger just broke my finger and uh that wasn't obviously like fun and then the next time i went same thing happened on the other hand and it, i'm just uh, that was it i never went back to rugby practice with my dad again so he wanted me to play rugby but i was always interested in football always into football so uh yeah that i was never really forced into playing rugby thankfully because i probably wouldn't be sat here today if i was be but i always wanted to be football star or Music, like I love music, love rap a lot, and writing rap, and like did a lot of music before I got onto YouTube on like the football scene, and so yeah, that's that was the aspiration was to be a football player. But obviously, when you grow up in Addington, you've literally got no chance. Like you won't find a single player. Like Crystal Palace is probably the local big club, and uh, we went to a few training. Like I went to Croydon, played for Croydon Athletic for a year, at like fifteen and sixteen years old. And did quite well there and then i moved on to dulwich hamlet and i did very well there as a 16 year old but when you play at that that grassroots level i don't know if you have but it's like it's all either teenagers trying to make it or like 40 year olds after a night out on the piss that are just thrown just up on the side five. of the pitch yeah. yeah so so when you're doing good at a place like dulwich hamlet it means absolutely nothing um one of the kids i went used to play with he went on to have trials for Aston Villa and went to Aston Villa and that's like the only success story out of Croydon and Dulwich Hamlet that I know of anyway. What uh, what position were you? I like to play out front, um, hence the the clubs, right? But <laughs> I, I, I used to play on the left a lot. The manager hated me, I don't know why. Um, so I used to play like left back and left wing quite a lot. And so, uh, yeah, kind of like as Thierry Henry became a big force in the Arsenal, uh, Arsenal team, I started, I wanted to like emulate that whenever I'd play football. Um, I just wasn't very good. <laughs> so in terms of, you said you got, um, was that a chef license, did you say you got? Yeah. So was you chefing at, at was pubs? Me, yeah. so no, that was your, was that your main proper job then? Well, because like you can run, you can work in the kitchen from 16, okay. but only in the behind the bar from 18. So yeah, I took like, did a few like chef courses and got a chef license and had some like training, like 
know, it's like some guy came in and taught you how to like make puff pastry and stuff. And uh, then, yeah, started cooking the pub food. And it's like, you do, do all this work. It was like three months of like, like exams online and offline, or even though online back then they sent you a CD and you put it into your computer and fill the exam in, print off your thing and send it off rather than being online. And uh, yeah, I did, did all of that, got the got the chef license. And then it's like, right, what are we doing? It's like, right, you just get the pie out of the freezer, put it in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Like that that was what, you know, that's how you made the food. Like the, 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 the most cooking you did was like a chicken or a steak on the grill. And then the chips in the deep fat fryer and the pies in the microwave. And that was about the extent of it really, yeah. So you're, you're in the pub, you're working. When did, you, you mentioned music, YouTube. When were this sort of, when, when did you delve into it? When did this get introduced in towards you? Well, so YouTube only got created in 2006. And so I was already well old at that point, right? Um, so music, I have a friend that used to work with me at the pub, um, we got into music. He liked to make music and I liked to write a lot of music. So we did a lot of that and I'd go onto like forums online and I'd be on the football manager forums as well. Cause I love playing football manager. And that's actually where I met a lot of like the YouTube friends that kind of went on also to become YouTubers and where I first started my club's career was through the football manager forums. And so we, me and my friend would like go onto forums and I found this forum called lyrical assault and it's like a rap battle forum, right? And it's like you post your verse, then they post their verse, and then the people on the site rate who won the battle. And uh, it's when you look back at it, you're like, it's mad cringe to be fair, like sitting there, like typing out, like all this aggressive stuff to somebody that you've literally never met. And you know, it's modern day Twitter. Yeah, it's basically, yeah, yeah. If, if you could just like, yeah, if you could just take Twitter and turn it into a little bit of a rhyme scheme, you'd, you'd be battling all day, every day. It'd be great. Um, and so that that was where I kind of started in the music side of things and got into writing a lot with some of the people that were on the site that you battle against because like they were like I thought I was good and I was pretty good to be fair but some of these guys and the way their mind works when they write music and write and you're just like this is insane like how do you even think of a concept like that like because sometimes you'd like you'd write like a 12-hour paragraph or something and then they'd have to respond and they'd respond within like 20 minutes with this like intricate piece of art. And you're just like, how on earth have you figured that out in 20 minutes? Turns out some of them had like some things ready or pre-made and things like that. But yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of fun. And then in terms of YouTube, because I was on social media, not on social media, but online, like Facebook was there and MySpace was there back in the day. But there was no Twitter or X. There was no Instagram didn't exist. YouTube didn't exist. So we used to like just look for forums and I was really good at football manager 08 and I had like all like this insane career with like this Northern Irish team. And uh, I, I found like quite a lot of like popularity on there. And so when I started talking to the people on there, one guy linked me a video on YouTube of him um, like going until like 2200 in the game, like just simming the whole game until 2200. And then from there, that's how I got kind of like found YouTube for the gaming side of things. Cause I signed up to YouTube initially for music, like not even to write music, but I used to, used to watch people like back in the day, it used to be a lot of people like singing and covers and things like that, cover songs. And it just used to fascinate me that you could just watch this random person better than an original artist singing a song and like would get, you know, millions of views back when you could make money off of it. And so that's why I signed up initially. And it kind of like the paths kind of merged between the football and gaming, sorry, the football and music paths kind of merged into YouTube. And I actually started putting like gym videos and stuff up the first like few years of me on, on YouTube. And then 
when I signed on to SA Sports Gaming, Uzzy, the guy that run that, who was about 10 years my junior, was like, yeah, get that shit off of there, please, because you're just never going to make any like anything of yourself with gym videos on a gaming channel. And I was like, fair enough, he was right. He was right, yeah. Because yeah, we were saying that when we were sort of planning for the podcast, they used to upload... Did you upload music onto YouTube on your YouTube I've got as some, well? some music on there, yeah. So people nowadays at Fully would never have known that no. all, all that time ago in, in, in 2006. I guess the other question is, where did the name The Pemphis come from? It's, it's, it's actually mad cringe, to be fair. Um, so I used to be called Scorpio King when I'd rap battle, right? And that was because when I signed up to AOL, believe it or not, and it's like, or m- might have been MSN actually, and it's like you put in your date of birth, your name, and then it gives you a suggested username. And because I'm a Scorpio, it's like Scorpio King and then some numbers. And I was like, yeah, that'll do. And then so when I signed up to Lyrical Assault, I was like, I just put my name as Scorpio King. I thought I'm like, well, cool. And, you know, but really just wasn't. Turns out it's just really, really easy to make rap battles against the name Scorpio King. So after a little while, I was like, I just need a new name. And every, like the reason why I've got like the capital Z as well is because it was the craze back then to turn an S at the end of a word to a capital Z instead. So I need a new name. I'll go into, go into Google, or it might have been Ask Jeeves at the time. And I'll just type in weird science names. Because some people, like one of the guys that I really like looked up to, his name was Orion. And I was like, that's just such a sick name. I need, I, I need a name that's like, um, people are going to be like, that's just such a sick name. And uh, click on a website, and it's just got like a, a list across the top, like A to Z, and then numbers. And I click on A, and just like scrolling through all these like science words and stuff, and like nothing sticks out. And eventually, when I get to N, the Penthes is there, and it's like got a little S instead of capital Z. And it just, I literally was just drawn to it. So I clicked on it, and it's this plant that looks like a giant cock, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's used in like medicine and stuff to like numb people's pain. And so I thought, this is brilliant. I'll put a big Z at the end, and then I'll be numbing people with, like, my bars and that. And so that that was it. Like, that was literally did, did, it. Did you ever think of... Rebranding. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I've got a tattoo of it and stuff now. I can't, you know. But um, the craziest thing is, is when I went to... I wanted the name on Facebook. I wanted the Panthers on Facebook. Somebody else has taken it. This woman from South Africa that does, like, art and stuff. Like, how crazy is that? She's even got the Z at the end. I'm like... She did it after me, but there's no way she knew like who I was. But I'm like, that is uncanny that two people on earth have been sad enough to choose that as a name. <laughs> so, so, so why did it back in from uh, from from the Nepenthes name? You were chefing for a long time. You got into music. When did you then make the decision to go from, or, or I should say, what job were you doing when you went right? YouTube is is what I'm going to do now, and YouTube's what I'm going to. Or when did I start earning money from YouTube? So, so I was in the pub trade for a lot in different like facets like I was doing the chef stuff from like 16 to 18 then uh, my dad had a pub in uh, like bank in central London called the Arbitrager and it was like right across the road from the old bank of England and where they used to do the trades on the floor and stuff like that and it was like this old man's pub and like you'd open the door and just smoke would just come out where we were like smoking cigarettes and cigars and I run that for him for a year or so and then I started actually doing the accounting like or helping with like the books and the like say accounting I was opening the mail and stuff and I was like giving the stuff that's important to somebody who could do what they needed to do and yeah throw throw the rest away but uh, so I spent a year kind of like doing that learning the business in that way because then when we got the pub in Houston I was like fully in control of that pub so I got kind of like the running the pub experience from the pub in bank and then the back of house experience from the kind of like the like the accounting side of the the business 
and then I just started running a pub for my dad. Um, I was I was at arbitrage for a fair few years. You know, like when you move around a lot, you don't you don't remember. Like you'd have to get like for me to get like a chronological timeline. I don't even know how I'd figure it out, like where I was when. But eventually, we got the pub in Houston, and I uh, just started running that one for my dad. And I want to say, what are we now? Twenty twenty three. I want to say two thousand fifteen was when I was making more money on YouTube than my dad could possibly pay me. But for like, I, it was about summer of 2015 that I gave up the pub stuff altogether. But from the January of that year, I didn't even like take wages or anything because I was, wasn't really doing much at the pub. I'd go to work, I'd come in an office. Like my, my office in the pub was probably about a quarter of the size of this room that we're in today. But I'd, start, I'd have like my TV and PlayStation and, and um, Hop Hog capture cards set up down in the office and I'll just sit there, have the PC stuff with the camera. So I'd watch everyone on the bar, make sure they're doing what they're doing. I'd just be sitting there playing FIFA. So it felt, felt a bit wrong to be taking money off my dad. Um, but for the few years before that, cause that was like FIFA 15 from about FIFA 11, I was making like pretty good money selling coins through, um, YouTube private messaging. So some guy like reached out and was like, yeah, we could sell coins. And I just in videos, I'd just be like, if you guys want to buy coins, just message me. And the amount of people that bought coins then, was wild and it was like it, it was quite like not underhand but it's like you just be like you'd ask for a million coins i'd be like yeah send like 100 quid to this paypal address i didn't know where this who this guy was or anything really and then he would just put the coins in their account like i mean that, that was probably arguably like the wild west it was of yeah youtube and fifa that period of time when you are involved we're going to get onto coin selling coin buying and all that shortly what was like your your day to day, like because obviously you're making YouTube videos, FIFA 11, FIFA 12, FIFA 13. You're also working in the pub. Was it a fifty fifty split? Was it a seventy thirty? And when you are going down this path, was the your dad saying, "What are you doing? Like we've got we've got a business here. We've got if we do well, we can buy another pub. We can get another area." Like was there a bit of conflict? Not really, not really. I, I don't think anyone understood what I was doing then. I don't think I really understood where it was because like the only way I was really making money was from the coins. Like you didn't really get ad revenue until some people had it in like 2013, 2014, like base 79 was a, an MCM back then that offered like two pound 50 CPM, which was wild because if you was on something like machinima or uh Yoush that I was with, they didn't give you a guaranteed fixed income. And it's like, I remember getting like my first paycheck from YouTube was like 300 quid. And it, but even then I was like, this is insane. Like, you know, it pays like half the, half the mortgage for the month and stuff. Like, but um, no, I don't, I don't ever remember there being conflict with my dad about like turning into doing it. But yeah, it just, I don't know, it just grew. Did it grow bigger than you and quicker than you thought it would? Like when you started the YouTube channel making FIFA content, what was that trajectory like? Did you see it sort of picking up steam and, or was it just, it's a hobby, I'm making a bit of money from it, see where it goes? Yeah, but like... I don't even know. It was like, I had a aim to get 5,000 subs when I started YouTube and that was it. And, you know, I used to, I used to make skill montages. And if you look back at them now, it's not, there's no skill there, right? It literally is like, it's God awful. But I used to watch uh, Herpseth do his skill montages and they were insane. And then I'd watch Phil Pot and Barca Boy do their content as well. And their content was brilliant. And Sam 5000's Road to Glory was brilliant. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I want to do that. I think I can do that. And I want to get 5k subs. Like if I can get like, cause back then 5k subs was huge. Right. And then 
I had like a few hundred subs, maybe even a thousand, because as I say, I was on SA Sports Gaming and he had like over 100K subs on his channel, but it was a community channel. So loads of people would like pump their content onto it, but my videos would always excel and always get the most views on his channel. So when I started uploading to my channel, Doclanders, do you know who that is? So he's a career mode YouTuber, or he used to be, I don't think he really does YouTube anymore. I met him on the Football Manager forums and he sent one of my videos to WePeeler. Okay. You know who Weepealer yeah, is, yeah, yeah. right? So Weepealer is like, you know, you, you gave me a great introduction here about like my history in FIFA, but Weepealer is like the daddy to me, right? He's like the true like godfather of, of the industry for me. And um, he used to have like this video once a week where he'd like shout out three or four creators on the rise. And he only got about 2000 views a video back then, but it was massive. Like if you liked a video or shared a video back then, like you would just make ripples through the community and everyone would get to know you. So he put like one of my montages on his his thing. I got like three, four hundred subs in a very short space of time, and I was like, "This is this is mad." So I kept doing a few bits and kept posting, and then JJ started making content, and I played an, a clubs game with skills, and I don't know how I got into contact with Calfreezy for the first time, but they were the first sort of few people that I started talking to, and uh, I remember when I was on about three and a half thousand subs, messaging JJ, and he was on about. 6,000 subs at the same at the time being like do you want to do something and he was like yeah sure nothing really came of it then he was like a few years later before we we started doing something but um that's when it really felt like all right this is this is is something it's not nothing it's, it's not something because you couldn't monetize like I think I had like 160,000 subs before monetization properly came in so it was like it was a lot of just making content every day trying to hit 5k subs then it was like okay, I'm actually getting close to 25k subs. Then we went to a game, uh, a Germany games convention, and uh, we got to film some stuff with like our just regular cameras on a screen behind the scenes. And it was god awful, but I filmed the skill games and that video like blew up and got like 600,000 views in like three weeks. I just took my sub count like massively up. But um, it, it's there, there was never a there was never a like, this is the plan or this is the aim. And even like to this day, I'm like, just give me one more year. Come on, like one more year of viewership, one more year of being in this industry because I've got like, I've, I've, the pub industry is like, so like evolved so much, I guess, or like probably even devolved because of COVID and whatnot. I don't even know what I'd do without YouTube now. So I kind of, yeah, I'm like, I need, I need it to work really. But go, you asked me a question earlier about what was a day like and like how was the split? And so I used to get up at nine o'clock in the morning. It took me an hour to get to work and I'd sleep on the tube in because I had no sleep. So I'd get up at nine, get, go and get on the tube, get into work at about 10, 10.30, work in the pub until about three, go gym three till five, run the pub again from five, would finish at about 11.45, 12 at night, get the last train home, be home at one o'clock, then make the YouTube content until about three, four o'clock in the morning and then go to bed, get up at nine o'clock and do it all again every single day and now this is back in the day where the computers that you had to render a video out to render out like a three minute video took like two or three hours like you couldn't just be like oh here's like a one minute clip three seconds later and now it's already online took ages and even uploading and everything like took an absolute age to get everything right kids these days don't know how privileged they are <laughs> i tell you <laughs> what's the um comparing that to to now briefly what's the day in the life of the penfes like now oh it's so boring honestly um does it involve playing squad battles for six hours sometimes yeah it does yeah although now it's four minute halves it's, it's a little <laughs> bit better but it like a typical day would be me getting up having a having a coffee 
they're just honestly just going to sit in my office and thinking to myself like what on earth am i going to do today that's going to get views what sort of time it, it, it depends like because the mls campaign's been on the last like eight months i like, stay up quite late to watch mls football because of like so rare stuff like be into big into like some fantasy football and so i kind of like started going to bed i got fell into bad habits of going to bed again at like four o'clock five o'clock in the morning and then when the kids get up for school at like eight o'clock seven thirty i end up waking up because they're just causing havoc right three children they're just big 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 noise all morning so I end up waking up for like an hour or so and then i fall back to sleep and i like once you've had that you've been awake and fall back to sleep it's like you go back into a proper deep sleep so sometimes i get up at like 12 one o'clock in the afternoon but most days it's about 10 11 o'clock at the moment and then yeah legit just get into the office like i've actually been doing a few more things than normal recently like we're here today went to the arsenal game last week and because my daughter's going into middle school next year we've been having to get up and go see some middle schools and stuff and they all want to be like nine o'clock in the morning show you around the school and i'm like can't we get an afternoon one and they're <laughs> like they don't do afternoon ones <laughs> like this is the real world you know so um yeah my, my honestly i probably spend about 14 hours a day in my office and probably about 12 of those are procrastinating thinking about what to do and two of them have actual making content yeah so you're making youtube content back in 2012 2013 coins yeah is this where fifa youtube turned somewhat serious for a lot of people with the oh, amount yeah. of money that was pumped in I've, and I've, I've spoke to a few people around at that time but you were in it heavily yeah yeah was so it life-changing that amount of money that came in for not only yourself but other creators as well yeah it was yeah um it was back in the day like so i, I would earn about 400 quid a week running the pubs and after i was doing the selling coins through youtube private messages um eventually like a few sites popped up that would like offer not quite contracts but they'd pay you per video or something like that and i remember i was getting paid 90 pound a video and he would do it up to a maximum of seven videos per week because i was like oh 90 pound a video sweet i'll just start uploading like five videos a day i just make absolute bank but um so it did about yeah about seven videos a week and that that worked for a whole year i think that was fifa 12 that year for a whole year and then i guess the industry just got more and more serious and people put like like people just spend more money on it right like it's a lot cheaper to just buy some coins than it is to spend the money on the fifa point packs um which back in the day you used to buy one pack at a time do you ever remember yeah, that like remember you that. didn't even buy you didn't buy fifa points you just bought the pack from the yeah. store and it would download into your account but um yeah so it was about 90 quid a video in fifa 12 and then we got put on or at least i got put on like a contract so I, th I think my first contract was about like three grand a month or four grand a month um and like you just had set like targets and stuff and nobody ever complained like i never ever got one like okay i need a bit more from you because this just isn't going so well like we need to drive the business and then as it i think 2014 was probably my biggest coin year it was especially the summer of 2014 yeah, it was it was 2014 fifa 14 i was i was on about 35 grand a month for a six-month contract from wow. selling coins yeah it was mad and, that, and that's life changing, right do you know what i mean like that's this you can't can you imagine just oh. i was getting paid about two quid a week from actual youtube views and then all this money from coin sponsor and it was like you just it just puts you in a position where like you know you get yourself out of debt like my wife and i had a mortgage like didn't have any kids at the time but it's like as i said I explained to you like where i grew up from was really like like below the poverty line so to be able to start helping my family out with things like felt real nice and you know it was uh yeah it was it was different the people 
they're paying in your case 35k a month the people who are actually doing the coin manipulation surely to this day there's like 14 15 year olds at the time who are now 25 who are genuine millionaires oh 100%. from the amount of like because it weren't just you like you were probably towards the top end but i imagine at that time Rothschild, ksi would have been on even more oh, like can you imagine yeah and they're willing to pay that monthly so they must have been turning over what 250 300k so when i when i did go to court for the foot galaxy stuff my business partner owned one of the coins coin sites and i got to see the financials for that because it all got all came out for the gambling commission in in court and between august 2014 and august 2015 his coin site only had traded over eight million pounds and i sat there and i think to myself like i'm getting paid 35 grand this is sick it probably wasn't i was probably getting like underpaid massively for what i was actually generating for the coin site yeah wow speaking on if you're happy to on on the foot galaxy stuff like i think it's a story that you've never really got to explain properly like in in terms Um, of on a on, on a podcast environment so to speak um, uh, yeah i mean i did speak about it on one shortly after it happened and i have spoke about it at length in videos and streams before but um it's 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 one of those like it is a life lesson and it is something that i've learned from and grew from but to give like my perspective of it we created a website called foot galaxy and the idea was that you'd take your coins from fifa you put it into foot galaxy open packs with those coins or you'd bet on foot matches with those coins and then if you won you could withdraw them back into the game and if you lost them you lost them and in hindsight and especially now as a dad i wish i just didn't right because you don't realize especially back then we're talking about 2015 when this was happening right like you don't realize the influence you have on people and in spite of the fact that my audience is a lot older than most people's audiences in the industry there still would be problem gamblers watching, people with addiction watching, and children watching. So, it there, you know, in hindsight, I, I just wish I never even got involved in it in the first place. However, we had been told, well, we had been granted a gambling license for basically the whole world except the UK, and that's where we got taken to court from the you know the British uh, Gambling Commission. It's a series of unfortunate events how it even got me involved because there were actually a couple of other content creators. Not that I'm gonna express their names today because they don't need to be involved or anything but there was a whole bunch of other content creators also promoting the site for me <coughs> i wanted to I, I i really like the idea of like a website going somewhere and i've always wanted to create like a fifa hub hence the discord names and stuff of the hubs and whatnot and when i look at sites like footbeer or footgg i've always wanted something like this and for me like foot galaxy was going to be that like the galaxy of foot everything encompassing right not just buying and selling coins or betting with your coins but everything encompassing so i was like paranoid that this would blow up off of like my promotion and the other guys promotions and i would he would just be like sorry who are you you know what I mean? Because I didn't have my name to anything. So I asked to be put on the director's list of the company so that I had some protection if it got big. The day before I got put onto the director's list is when the Gambling Commission started inquiring about the site and how it works. And to, like, to jump forward a little bit though, it's like when I got taken to court, I, like, I sit down and think, why on earth would the Gambling Commission start looking into Foot Galaxy? And then I asked to be put on the director's list. Like, what a stupid thing to do, right? Like, and it, it kind of like lends to the fact that 
I didn't know that the gambling commission had sent letters because they all got sent to his house, all the letters. And there was like cease and desist letters and they, they would say, if, you know, if you don't stop this website, we will prosecute. And I didn't have the privilege to know about those letters. So if I had, uh, like Foot Galaxy overall made about 80,000 profit in the year that it was r like running. And, well, sorry, 80,000 tur gross turnover. Gross. So after expenses, because they still had to buy the coins and things like that, and then paying the promoters and stuff, I, th I think I made somewhere around like 20,000 pounds or something in a year from it. Given how much my coin sponsor was and how much I was making from YouTube at that time, I would just never jeopardize my career for 20 grand a year from Foot Galaxy. And so if I'd have seen those letters, it would have been a, a very quick, like, okay, I'm not promoting this until we get the actual UK gambling license, like mm -hmm. checked off and covered. And that, that never, we, we got, he had a call with a solicitor that said, it's not gambling because coins aren't money's worth. And that was what the gambling commission and ourselves argued in court was, are virtual coins in fee for money's worth? Because if they're not, it can't be gambling because you can't gamble with a virtual currency. And if they are, then it will rewrite like the whole kind of like industry in that regard, which it has done. And so that was what effectively the gambling commission were trying to lobby in court that these coins had value. Now, the only reason why the judge sided with the gambling commission, not the only reason, but maybe one of the reasons why, was because of the coin shop, the foot shop. Because you could effectively make your coins on FIFA, send them to the site, gamble them, make some more coins, then sell them to the foot shop for real life, was, currency. For real life yeah. currency, that was a connect. So if, if the foot shop just wasn't part of game gold trading, they wouldn't have been deemed as money's worth. And the reason why EA aren't falling under the same like laws, which is debatable whether they should or not, is because they do not intend to sell the coins. It's all done on a black market. So although for EA they're not money's worth, in this context they were, and that's why we needed the gambling license that we didn't have to operate in the UK. The, the entire judicial system, how long did that take the, from yeah, so sort of the start to the... The judge saying, "So the f the f it was February the something 2015 that I got a knock on the door, and it was like seven o'clock in the morning, and I was still awake because of, again I used to go to bed super super late. My daughter was about a month old, and get a knock at the door. Oh, who's this? I open the door. There's just these four heavies there, like massive guys. I'm like, hello. And they're like, yeah, we're from we're like gambling commission. Can we come in? I was like, yeah, come in. Like what? Like." genuinely had no idea what was going on and so they came in and they were like yeah talk to us about foot galaxy so i explained it to them showed them my computer showed them every, every all the things i had access to because i'm like i've got nothing to hide because i haven't done anything wrong here like, i was genuinely under the assumption again morally i had done something wrong right morally again i regret not kind of like paying attention to who i was influencing more but legally i did not believe for one minute that i was doing anything wrong and so I welcomed them in. They took away my laptops. They, they took, I asked them before we went, I was like, oh crap, I'm going to need to log back into YouTube and I need two-step. Can I just, can I literally just open my laptop to verify two-step onto a new device? No. The, it took me about three days to just get back into YouTube, which, you know, when you're a YouTuber and you're locked out of your own YouTube, it is a nightmare. But they took like laptops, phones, iPads, my, like my actual proper PC and everything. 
and I'm like, take it, ha like because I've you, I've got nothing to hide. Um, so that was February 2015. I went to court. I think it was February 2017. I think it was like two four years later that I eventually went to court. And so for a lot of people, like, you know, still get like grief for it online and stuff, and whatever online's online, but. A lot of people think it's a lot more recent it actually is like as i say this like actually foot galaxy was active in 2014 so we're nearly 10 years since it happened um and then because it took so long and cost so much money to go through the the court process um yeah it was a uh, it was a it was it was a dark time of life honestly it was I've, I've had a few few moments in life that have been really depressing and this was this was like how, very near the top of the list how hard was it trying to be a youtuber whilst living through all of that you know trying to be something on camera when you've got so much else going on behind the scenes yes it's 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 it's, it's, it's impossible i mean i i, I don't even i don't even remember it yeah. it was like it was such a dark cloud that i can't remember how I, who i was during that time like you you do put on a brave face right you put on a front and it's really easy when it's just you in a room with a camera to pretend to be happy like you you probably see it with a lot of content creators that you think are all laughs and smiles and then you get some like bad news from them or you know they're burnt out and have to take like time away it, it became easy it became easy actually i was talking about this on stream just last week how like somebody's like oh it's really good that you've just been yourself like this whole time like throughout your whole career and i'm like do you know what like, i just haven't like it's actually one of my biggest regrets is like i've tried to pander to what people want instead of staying to myself like staying true to myself and whether or not that's made my career longer or maybe even hurt what i would get for views if i wasn't but yes yeah, it's, it's I, I don't even remember i don't remember because I, I think it's safe to say, like, in this content creation world, everyone's like, you know, it, it can be so luxury in terms of the financial gain, you know, from coins or from brand deals, like, but, like, there is such a dark side to it, isn't it? Because you, you might stream, as you said, for, like, one to two hours a day or three hours, even longer, but then the rest of the day, it can be so lonely. Oh, it is, yeah, yeah. Like, what, what, is the neg what is that dark side of content creation like? Because I've been there myself where, like, you know, as bad as it sounds, you're chasing views sometimes. And if you're yeah. not getting views, you're thinking, what's going on? And you start to get really deep within yourself. But the case is, it should never be that deep. But when it's your income and, and you're trying to grow and you're trying to stay consistent, it does affect you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's what one, one, of the, one of the most difficult things has been, at, like, as you gain more and more income, you, you are, like, elevate your life as well. So, you know, I went from living in a three-bedroom flat in North London to living in a four-bedroom house in Bournemouth, to now living in another four-bedroom house in Bournemouth that's a lot bigger with a nice big garden for my kids and lots of open space. And when you're making good money, and like when I got the Facebook contract, I was making great money. It's real easy to just go, like, whatever. I'll just do anything. I don't care. Like, yeah, let's get this house. Let's you know get Lamborghini and whatever it may be. Then when the Facebook contract ends and the views start to dry up and the monetization changes on different platforms because TikTok has like blown up and you know views are moving into different social media areas instead of just like kind of like focused onto YouTube, I start you know you get to that point where it's like right now I, I didn't have to get views before because I had enough money in the bank to pay off my mortgage and I could enjoy what I was doing. Now I have to get views because now I have to make a living again. And when it becomes a job like that, you do, you start really deeping it yourself you start getting in 
in your own head about absolutely everything. You start second guessing everything. You start thinking that every video that doesn't go well is like the end of the world. And as you say, you've got no one to turn to. It is just you in that room. It's just, you might have an editor that you send something to and like you, then you look at like people like the Sidemen and stuff and you envy that where it's just a group of friends doing stuff because it's like if they're struggling, they're struggling together. But when you're like a solo content creator, you just struggle by yourself. And you know, I don't know if you saw AJ's video about his depression because of the Facebook contract, but I'm like, I resonate with that so much because you're like, you have to stream so many hours every day. You have to stream it, otherwise you just don't get paid. And of course, you have a choice still. You can just not get paid and then don't you yeah. know, don't stream it. I mean, it leads on nice, doesn't it? Because we wanted to speak about streaming because you've had a couple of streaming deals in your time. We both had streaming deals as well. But the the money in in those some of those deals, Rich, is it, it can can be crazy. The first deal was that Mixer. No, actually, Facebook, Facebook. was my first deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what was uh, you don't have to go into specifics, but was it a, a pretty easy contract it, well it was and i left after three months because okay. the platform was streaming, genuinely streaming, horrific. Or videos. streaming yeah just streaming how many hours it was it wasn't much it was only 20 hours a week um but it was just the like facebook platform then was even worse than it is now for streaming and it was like when i say like i've, I've you know i've been depressed a few times in my life this was like one of the worst it was like you like it was just hell. It was literal hell, and you know when they're like, so, some sometimes it's not worth the bag, and that was one of those situations where it just wasn't. And then how shortly after that was Mixer? Pretty pretty soon after Mixer, okay. I think was also in twenty nineteen. I think for Mixer, and Mixer was great. I loved Mixer. I wish Mixer was still here because I would still be streaming on Mixer to this day. Like I got a twelve month contract with Mixer. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. It was about. And when it came to the end of the contract, I was like, okay, like my management at the time, like they want to renew, but they've like overspent on their budget. So they can't offer as much. I was like, that's fine. Right. They had a really cool like spark system where you like make up to like a thousand dollars a week from like people just watching. And the donation system was really good. The gem system was really good. There's some really cool features on the site in general. And the monetization had like a lot of like, really good like extra monetization options like they'd have like incentives and stuff so if you hit a certain amount of hours or a certain amount of views on top of what you was paid for you'd get like good bonuses for that and the platform was was incredible as well so i was happy to take less and they had offered like another year and i was like yeah i'm i'm absolutely okay with that and then out of nowhere they just pulled it and i was like oh that's, that sucks like because i like mixer turns out it's because facebook acquired mixer and deleted the platform and it's like if they had just acquired Mixer and made it their platform, <laughs> they might have mm. a good streaming platform now, you know. But uh, but we so we both had Facebook deals and we're in different scenarios. Like I'm still I'm still on Facebook. Like I've found a way to make Facebook work. It's not a streaming platform. Never was. It's a social media platform, right? So when they did go into the streaming zone for it and it didn't quite work and people had expectations of you know probably yourself like thousands of viewers and you're coming over and you're streaming to maybe. 100 some people streaming to two like it's so hard to get your head around it and if you've got to be there for i think was it 160 hours 100 and, yeah 160 hours like yeah. 80 hours i was you know 80 hour contracts are difficult you know we've, we've 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 been on those as well like 20 hours a week the facebook deal of the 160s that i believe a few people were on that is don't get me wrong it's it's, it's a 40 hour a week job but to do that on your own how on earth yeah I mean, like, I mean, well, Rich and I, 
played clubs an insane amount. <laughs> we, yeah, I think we, did everything <laughs> on yeah. his contract. He was watch party in South American football. I think I've never um, seen that, that before. That was the highlight. The uh, Argentina v Brazil watch party, 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. for the final, the but, Copa uh, America. Uh, f- look, in terms of the viewership, actually, my second stint on Facebook, as you know, it was a two-year deal. And for the first, like, three months... I thought you were doing pretty good. Oh, but it was like it was brand new, like start of the brand new game cycle for the 6 p.m. content, especially. I was probably getting like six or seven thousand concurrent viewers on there. And like for Facebook, that's like you're effectively number one, yeah. like number one streamer on Facebook. The, the problem again there is like they've spent the money to bring the viewers over. I've done my job in that regard. I've got the viewers on the platform. It was the platform that couldn't hold the viewers. People were like, I don't want to write. Like one guy was like, mate, I came to watch your stream today and my nan messaged me asking why I'm watching you. <laughs> And he's like, how how can she see that I'm watching? He's like, I don't want to watch you because I don't want people to know that I'm watching you. And I'm like, well, that's a bit rude, first of all, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I'm not that bad. But yeah, it's like pe- people don't want to use their real names. People don't want people to see what they're, what who they are and what they're doing on Facebook. And then, yeah, like, I don't know. Was there any worry? Obviously, you had the first stint, didn't go well, pulled out nine months early. The second stint, was it just a case of it's too much money to turn down? Because surely you'd be on. Look, I don't really like. I've I've already had a bad taste. Do I want to go there again? So the money was was too good to turn down. First of all, brutally honest, yeah, it was like again life changing sums of money that were just outrageous. Um, but I had guarantees and promises from the Facebook team that they were going to work with me specifically, but also the other creators that were on there to actually build the platform into a streaming platform. And I was due to have like, like uh, fortnightly meetings with my rep at Facebook and explain how I could help them create an actual community at Facebook where people just wanted to be on the site. I probably spoke to someone at Facebook once. In my Over the course of two years. Yeah. And that was to actually explain my ga- uh, for Galaxy situation. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what was the in those two years? Did it did it get worse as you were on there in terms of like dealing with the hours and the yeah oh, so I had COVID during one of the months and the way the contract worked as I'm, sh- I'm sure you guys know is that like if you didn't stream the 160 hours you didn't get paid for that month until you made up the other hours but you had to make up those other hours in the same month you couldn't like if I was like t- ten hours short I couldn't just add an hour on extra for the next ten months and just be okay with it had to do 170 hours the next month so the, the time i had covid i like i had to take like three four days off and i was end, i ended up with like about four days to go 40 hours short I'm like jesus christ like if i don't do these now i'm gonna have to do 200 hours next month and when it comes to like it, it's all like everybody works 40 hour weeks right or standardly you know maybe some people a little bit more some people maybe part-time because they're in education or whatever but 40 hour week work isn't that bad to be honest right but when you don't get holidays evenings weekends family time compassionate leave sick leave when it's two solid years of this as a not even as your like primary job as well this is like the secondary like role it gets to that point where it's like i I just didn't see my kids for two years because like shall we go on holiday i can't I've i've got to do these hours like yeah so it as as the months went on I started caring less and less and it was very evident that Facebook didn't care at all either. And so I, I, I just, I, I basically spent the last sort of like six to nine months 
playing so rare and playing clubs and just couldn't even be bothered to try and grow it because they didn't care either. And and I gave I genuinely gave them everything for the first year to try and make it work. I remember I was on there for one year and it was December and I was away from like Boxing Day to the 30th and I had like 17 hours to make up. And uh, I said to my girlfriend, I was like, look, I'll, we can do Christmas Day, but from about 2 p.m. I do have to go on stream. <laughs> and I streamed from 2 till 7 Christmas Day and night. My views were unbelievable. The best stream I'd ever done because everyone were on. Um, but yeah, like it was, um, I, I mean, you've talked about mental health before, but and I've spoke to you in Discord calls and while you're on Facebook at that time, you were in a pretty dark place, especially in that second year. Um, was that due to the fact that you just said, but also views were down as well? Like people just weren't too interested? It was... View, views were down, but I didn't really care because YouTube was still making a nice income and Facebook were paying outrageous money. And I was, you know, I'd heard through the management at the time that <clears throat> I'm going to get another Facebook contract. Might be a little bit less, but still get another Facebook contract. Or if they don't want the live streaming stuff, they'll do a VOD contract. And like, so I was okay with that. And then I was like, kind of like promised a TikTok contract and that kind of fell through. And so. You know, I, can't, I, I wasn't really caring because of the views were down. But at the same time of like all these hours into Facebook, because of TikTok blowing up and short form content becoming super relevant and, you know, what's been dubbed now the ADHD content, the whole industry shifted massively. And because everyone was at home from COVID, people started upskilling massively. So people like self-taught, way better editing techniques, way better like... Um, storytelling techniques in their videos and stuff. And so like, even though I continued uploading YouTube content for that two years, I was making Facebook videos. It was the same content as what I was making before the Facebook streams. But when I came back to just being a YouTuber, the content that I was making just was with low end. It was just po like poor, you know what I mean? So then it was like that whole panic of like, how can I now get a video to work on YouTube? because I'd just taken two years off of dedicate. Like I used to spend time in calls with peers and like friends and whatnot, like studying YouTube. You know, you, you hear it from a lot of like the successful content creators where they're like, yeah, we just spent all day looking at other people's thumbnails and titles and tags. And what is it that they're doing that's making their video work and yours that's effectively the same content not work? Like what was it? And, and we'd always figure out what the nuance was to make it work. When you're spending hundred and 60 hours a month streaming, you don't have that time for the research and development. So you're just kind of like resting on your name. It's like, that, that's all that was getting the views really. You you finish the Facebook deal, you come back to YouTube, you see the content as it is now with Chusters, Foot Crunch, Danny Aaron's sort of leading the way in this new style of content. What's your opinion on that new style of content? Yeah, generally, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Um, th there's, there's parts of it that's like algorithm boring do you know what i mean pop, but like some of the content is copy paste copy paste copy paste just with a different player and i'm like fair enough that people are watching this because my content for many years was just copy paste i'm not bashing anyone for doing it i'll do the same thing if i was getting those views as well um but a lot of the content is really really good and so i started making road to glories instead of one a day every day for 12 months one specific road to glory that some of the videos are actually four hours long and there's literally some of my best performing videos on the channel in, you know, on that Road to Glory channel in like almost 10 years. My most viewed video I uploaded about three months ago. 
and it's oh. like and it's just a two hour long road to glory edited in that same way as like the diamond Daliwau or like chuster's esque style videos but with my take on how to run a road to glory and that's like nice like it's, it's good because it's like the fact that i've got my most views on a recent video again as somebody who's older in the community and has maybe had like a downtrend in views over the last few years it's like nice because if i want to pivot entirely into that i absolutely can no i think that a good way to end this on with is look i think he launched youtube channel in 2006 right and yeah. it's been under many different roads and journeys yeah what's the motivation like still this day as a youtube creator and fc creator now not fifa creator anymore like yeah. is it how is the motivation um what keeps you going what keeps you driven and how competitive is it the motivation i think mostly is my kids like i've kind of like brought them into a lifestyle that we have now and i can't let them down with that i can't you know i can't regress with that not that they would know or care but for me personally i, I can't like i want to make sure that i give my kids every opportunity to be whoever they want to be in life um but also like I, I genuinely just love making content like i've been doing this for so long i don't know what i would do without it i really enjoy the interaction with viewers with peers like you know some of our best moments one of our one of my <laughs> ever best ever moments is us and 11 other men running up the field i have never laughed so hard in my life and it's those moments that you live for right they're, they're the part they're the moments where you're like this was just you kind of like turn your console off at the end of the night and you're like okay that was that was incredible like that's the motivation like finding those key points where you can look back and think that that was why it was worth it and the stream loved that sort of thing so yeah i think i love i still love making content I, I like i love the educational side of like the fc24 videos and whatnot and information that's kind of been my forte over the last sort of like 15 years but it's changed in that way now because there's so many other people that are doing it on different social platforms and getting out quicker and people don't want to wait a video when they can see it on twitter instantly or to see it on TikTok three minutes after it's been live they don't want to wait 30 45 60 minutes for a video they want it there and then so <clears throat> the the motivation is still just to continue to put out quality content and uh yeah like give my kids a life that i never had growing up effectively well i mean look that's a crazy mindset to have on it and i mean rich this has been quite a long first half of the full 90 it's better be 45 minute halves we've gone way over yeah, there were lots of stoppages, it's got to be said. Added time, added up, uh, that is for sure. And uh, look, 45 minutes, we can stretch it to 60 if we need to, because it was well worth it. Yeah, incredible insights into Pemphis' life. There is more to come. We're off for a quick break at halftime. Second half coming up very soon after this. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, it's time to kick off the second half of the full 90 podcast. At least 45 minutes more of the Pemphasis story to come. However, pre-match drinks have been done, Richard. I think it's time for a halftime snack. This will be a tradition on the full 90 podcast. If it's anything like the first half, I need, I need something to keep me going. Well... You're in, you're in luck, Richard, because producer Dave has been busy. Um, the Pemphis, I know you've asked for a snack of choice. Producer Dave's going to throw it over now, I believe. He can throw in. What have you gone for? We've got some paprika, uh, Walker's, Max Crisps. See, they're interesting because if you're someone that wants to maximise value in a meal deal, super. Good, yeah. they're, they're the crisp to go for. Rich, what have, what have you gone for? There's a bit of an orange theme. Uh, I've gone for an orange twirl as it comes in. <laughs> Just like Dave. Um, round is not your specialist subject, but there you have it. Orange twirl. Either during the podcast or it's a half-time snack, but maybe I'll leave it for This after. is my go-to chocolate bar, but would anyone say it's a chocolate bar? Reese's peanut butter cups? It's not a chocolate bar, is it? That's poor form. Do you, do you, are you a fan of or not? No. No, no? terrible. No. Don't like peanut butter at all? Or? Uh, do you know I don't mind crunchy peanut butter. Rich? No. Get it away from me. Right, we'll save that <laughs> for, uh, save for another time. Um, first half spoke a lot about getting into content creation, you know, streaming deals, coin sponsors. This half of the podcast, we want to speak more about a lot more in the present day. And I think we've got to kick it off with EAFC first and foremost. Yeah. Brand new game, name change. I mean, it's there if you want to play it now. What have you made of, I guess, a month and a bit now into this into this new game? And has it, has it been enjoyable for you content-wise? What's your honest opinion been on it, on everything to do with the game? Um, I don't want to be like a, a pessimist or a downer or whatever, but the game's awful. It's genuinely awful. Um, it's it's an unfinished product that if they weren't... If, if like, as a AAA company, there should just be more, like, checks and balances for them being allowed to release what is quite literally an unfinished product. Um, it, they're just insane amount of bugs. In terms of the gameplay... It's not. It's not bad. There, there is a few issues that could be very easily ironed out with a patch. Um, it's, it's certainly faster than it was last year. A lot, like a lot more pace. And what I do like about it this year is the playstyles and the playstyle pluses do give players like an actual unique identity. Like back in even just FIFA 23, you could have two strikers with effectively the same stats, and you might as well just pick blindly one of them because they just play the same. But now the playstyles can make them play massively different in spite of having the same actual like in-game stats which is really fun uh, it allows for a little bit more creative squad building um thoughts on the Panthers, not richard buckley brandon smith <laughs> yeah um i like play styles a lot uh, my only criticism in regards to play styles i don't think we needed playstyle plus i think just the play styles in general they were good, would yeah. have sufficed because it's the playstyle plus that when i've watched pro gameplay when i've played the game a lot myself they're the things that sort of tip it over and make it a little bit weird in places. Like, I'm seeing Son score finesse shots because he's got a finesse shot plus from 40 yards. And it's like, I think if you just had the play styles on their own, 
and the playstyle pluses even came in like team of the year or the first set of playstyle pluses i think you'd have a much better power cycle and, a, and sort of a, a power curve right now i think we are with the packs that have been released with the items that are becoming out i think we're very snowballing very quickly into what could be dangerous ground come february march like we don't i don't think we've got the so far with the content that's been released it's not gradual. It's very quick. Like, we're going at 60 miles an hour. Yeah, and but I don't, I don't think I mind that too much because, like, last year you saw, like, by the time footies came out last year, everyone had diverse teams. They did a really good job of allowing people just to have lots of different options. Then footies came out and there was a very clear, like, these are the core group of best players. I don't mind a game where everyone's brilliant, but there's thousands of players to choose from because at that point you can actually build your ultimate team, can't you? And that's the whole point, in my opinion, that's the whole like, name of the game. I think evolutions have been fantastic. The best part of the game by far. In fact, I was going as far as saying the best thing that EA have added into any FIFA or FC game in history in ultimate team. Still a lot to work on with them. They're not perfect, but they are the best thing. I've played over 200 games with Kai Havertz. Yeah. Which you'd have never done. I wouldn't have even played one game yeah. with him. <laughs> and I've seen... At the time of filming, it's quite recently, you know, you're the 6 p.m. content man. There's been a couple of back and forths on socials. I mean, look, 6 p.m. content in, I think, a few people's eyes hasn't lived up to it right now. Yeah. What do you make of 6 p.m. content as a whole? Like this this world that EA, I guess, have made in the last couple of years where 6 p.m., everyone's Just there. Formal, isn't it? Everyone's, like, desperate to get on it. And then when it doesn't hit, the, it's like the world ends in, in yeah. some ways. <laughs> it is, yeah. Um, I mean, it is perpetuated a little bit by content creators though, isn't it? Because like myself, if like if something comes out and I'm all like, this just isn't good enough. It, again, like going into that whole influence side of things, right? If I if I tell 50,000 people, this is terrible, some of them will have their own opinions and disagree with me, but a lot of them are like, yeah, this is terrible. And then it just spreads like that vibe, right? So, so like some of the content, what like, so... I can't remember who it was. It was uh, Zaro before he left EA. Uh, he was talking to me about something and he was like, you know, not everything is for me. And I was like, yeah, that's fair, that's fair enough. There's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of people that play this game and when something comes out that I'm like, this is awful, maybe it's just not for me. Like maybe it's for like, other people. But I think where they've kind of got it wrong this year specifically, especially with the 6pm content is there's no grindability. Like, there's there's no reason to play the game other than playing the game. And, you know, I had a bit of a back and forth with AJ on Twitter the other day about this side of things, but EA have cultivated the kind of, like, you play for packs and rewards and coins and you do get that FOMO of, like, you want everything. So for them to now be like, playing the game should be enough. It's like, it just doesn't, it's not really good enough. I just wanted to add on to that. Like, from 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 the outside, what sort of ultimate team player are you are you a, are you a point are you a point heavy player do you no. drop points are you completely are you a, are you a grinder because from the outside in you would if you didn't watch you i'm saying the Panthers, like you would look and go right surely he's dropping fc points on the game and surely he's going big but on the other side you do road to glories draft to yeah. glories and you and you're happy to sit there and play squad battles yeah yeah um so this year i've probably put in twenty four thousand fever points that's it like I, I don't really spend much on it just on the content account like if something comes out and i need to complete it for the video and I haven't got enough coins or players in the club already, I'll throw some FIFA points on just to get what I need to complete it. Otherwise, I just won't. Um, I'm definitely the sort of person that likes the build-up of the team. I like to start from the beginning and work on something and get to a point where I'm like, 
look at what I've done with this account. And that used to be the allure of the road to glories is like people would join maybe two, three months in and be like, oh, look at this pay to win account. And it's like, I've literally not spent a penny on the game. I've wasted my life. Yes, haven't spent a penny. And the way the game is now, as you're saying, Rich, right? You can get everything so quickly now that there's no, there is no more road to glory. There's no more grind. It's like, you can just get this like gold team, cost about 250K, super overpowered, super meta with all the correct play styles and play style pluses. And then you play the same generic cut back byline tap in or finesse shot or Traveller from 40 yards. And there's just, people are playing like that because they just want the rewards. They don't actually care about playing football. What the hilarious part of it is you play for the rewards, you get your rank one, your rank two, and then nothing sells anyway on the market. Yeah, so you, you can't, it all. Yeah, you can't, you can't sell anything because nothing's got value. Um, but as you were saying for the, the actual gameplay there, um, and we've talked to it, you mentioned it a couple of times, pro clubs. That's where I play a lot of my games this year on, on FC. I think I'm probably 220, 230 games in on clubs. I'm maybe 60 on Ultimate Team. Um, that's where we first chatted. Yep. We've played a lot of clubs now over the last few years. What is it about pro clubs as a game mode that incites you and, and, and gets you involved? It's, it's the reason why I played Fortnite for so long, especially when I didn't like it at the start. The reason why I play Modern Warfare games, even though I'm god-awful at them now because age is on the wrong side of me for gaming in that regard, is the companionship, man. The the, the bond, the friendship, like the, the social element of pro clubs is the absolute pinnacle. So, like some of my absolute best FIFA moments have been on pro clubs and it's with other people. But also like pro clubs as a game mode, I, I believe has way more potential than Ultimate Team and because EA haven't monetized it yet, they just don't really care about it as much. Like they have made some nice changes this year, but it's a good conversation. Like, and it's one from our point of view that always comes up about it being like an esport. For me personally, I just <laughs> it's just it's quite. It'll be a ridiculously hard one to, to to run, in my opinion. You know, eleven players to travel. How many teams are going to compete in this tournament? Are we splitting a prize pot between eleven players as well? Like, yeah, I'm not saying it has to be an esport, but do you? I mean, it could be a very entertaining one. But is there a world where maybe FIFA Esports or FC Esports has maybe a pro clubs tournament in, in the season? It might not mean much, but it'd just be more of a... You could have content creators, pro players. Imagine the Pemphers and Tex as the two centre-backs in the team. You know, there's... there's God, we'd there's, lose every there's, game. There's an angle to it, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I'm going back to uh, the first EA event I was actually invited to, FIFA 12. We, we was testing uh, FIFA 13. And uh, there was me, Maris, Yerpseth, uh um, can't remember his name now. It was Igel at the time. It's, it's embarrassing. That I can't remember his name. Who was Igel? Matt. Yeah. So you know Matt and Chris. Yeah. Um, Two Sync. So Matt from Two Sync was there. Um, there. There was about maybe like ten or twelve of us there, and uh, we was at like Pizza Express afterwards. And I'm just sitting there chatting to Marius Yerpseth about like my idea of clubs and what it could be. And to, to kind of cut what was then a long story short is imagine like an actual transfer list and a transfer market. And you know how you have got VPG and it kind of has that. But imagine like a, a sanctioned EA like place where you go and you put yourself on like a free market and somebody comes and picks you up and you have to attend like clubs training games and then you play in like an actual tournament but on the game. It's got its league system now as it is. But if you could imagine like you're playing against some team and like one player's like mad standout 
and then you'd be like, we, we want him, let's go and find out about him. And you have to buy them with like whatever your currency is in pro clubs and make a proper footballing system through pro clubs. I think that would bang. But because even in pro clubs, it's two, you know, seven foot one strikers and then four, five foot five midgets with whip cross on. It's like it loses the, again, the football disappears and the video game comes in. Yeah, I mean, we've played a lot of 11 v 11 pro clubs and to play it is amazing but when you were streaming that at the time people just don't want to watch yeah it's boring isn't it it's uh, boring. we commented on it once 11 v 11 pro clubs and it was difficult like everyone's moving like it's just everyone's charging aren't they at the goal <laughs> yeah. and it goes back the other way as well but like there is entertainment now i agree in, in, in some way pivoting on esports um fifa esports back in the day um Actually, a funny story, because this golden microphone here behind us, we won, me and Brandon, well done. Uh, in 2017. And our reward was getting to commentate one game in Berlin. Do you know, do you know if, just, to, just to interrupt you a little bit there, Spencer and I were going to commentate for that and like try and be like a... Okay, the duo. It, it, we did, it didn't end up like this <laughs> happening, but uh, you're welcome. <laughs> well, the, the story, the story, the story joking, is, we, story probably lost. we went to Berlin. We commentated this one game, um, and we we got told leave your phones backstage with EA. You need to be this is a big opportunity. Lock yourself in, get in the zone. And uh, I went back to my phone. I don't even think I had a Twitter account to be honest. No. Um, and we had a tweet from was Penfez it from me, was it? Oh, that said that, uh, no, something along the guys of uh, these new guys actually know what they're talking about. You should give them more opportunity. Um, where's the tweet in 2023? Yeah. <laughs> I want a tweet coming through. Have you been phased out by FIFA Esports? I know you used to watch quite a lot of events back in the day. Um, now, just not interest just, of you. Just, 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 we'll go back to that in a moment. Just talking of shout outs. So I still owe you a shout out, don't I? So uh, we we did something. I can't remember what it was for many, many years ago. And we was taking like free kicks, like a proper full-size goal and stuff. I said to him, I, I had about a million subs at the time. I was like, uh, if you pop this free kick top bins, I'll just give you a shout out. And he did. <laughs> this is, just for anyone who's interested, this is Tobias uh, off, off camera. Um, so esports, it's just boring. Again, the, like the reason why it's boring is because they don't play football. And we play FC24 because we love football. But once you get to any level of competition in FC24, whether that's your rivals division, your champs wins, pro clubs level, or actually playing as a profession, you can't play football. You have to play the video game. And nobody wants, you know, EA have done a good job, I hope, this year of banning three back and five back formations. But it just means that the meta is going to be concentrated now to four back formations. And you are going to effectively see carbon copy, like gameplay from every single pro and the differential will be like who can hold their nerve better and who can actually take that chance better. And that's for me personally, it's just not entertaining. And so I, I stopped watching it a few years ago. I watch it for the commentary. So. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> who would you say, okay, if you, if you, you might have an answer for this, but who would be your most entertaining player that you say you've watched pro player? Um, pro probably, probably was Tex in that year that he kind of broke out because he was doing skills and tricks yeah. and like he was different. And it was like, that was enjoyable. That created a big wave and that, that actually gave esports for fc24 fifa at the time a big social push like people were okay i want to see this guy and people started getting behind him and they had an opportunity there in my opinion to like push that narrative of actual characters within mm -hmm. esports and 
it's not again for me personally anyway maybe it is there and i'm just not like savvy to it but i couldn't even tell you the top 10 pros in in the game right now but yeah tex was good and then when skills was in one of the events um he like they had like i think they had like seventy thousand live viewers on twitch the the time that he was in and they weren't getting anywhere near that before he was in mm -hmm. and that for me was like one of those mad ones because he lost to a guy that was using team of the year messi and nobody used messi in that game cycle and all of a sudden team of the year messi goes extinct because everyone's like this guy's doing yeah. mad things with team of the year messi and so everyone started putting messi into their team yeah it, it's i think it's just very interesting i know over the last sort of 12 to 24 months yeah, I've made more of a committed sort of um, incentive to let the players have more personality and speak out a little bit more against each other. But the reason that Call of Duty is a success is because of when you look at the people who were pioneering it, Nadeshot, Scum, Aches, uh, Crimsix, and these people who were just going at each other all the time. Or you had sort of these creators in Nadeshot who was a pro, but then just blew up and he's the biggest creator now who's in the the esport game i think tex probably is the only pro who is also creating yep. real good content um the hashtag house recently was announced um yeah. i think yeah, that's gonna Harry's do back yeah. i think that's gonna do unbelievable yeah. to be honest i think it's got the potential to really if they are engaged within the esport bring eyes and viewers and people who just care like yeah. I think that that's what the thing that you just said. Then, like, you can watch the gameplay, but if you're not invested in those people, what's the reason to watch? Like, I'm not watching. No offense, Burnley <laughs> versus Aston Villa on a Sunday afternoon. Mm. But if it's Barnsley, I'm there. I'm yeah, watching. Absolutely. Similar to you, you're probably not watching a team if it's not Arsenal because you, that's your club that you care about. I probably would though. Yeah, fantasy maybe. football, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, to build on that, I think the only game that people would maybe sit there and really want is like Anders Vergen against Tex, you know, yeah. those, those big games. Yeah. Which I hope this year will happen and, and maybe can, but I think you're right. There, there needs to be more personality, but I think some players just are so locked on grinding the game, getting the meta down and just wanting to be a FIFA player and not wanting yeah. to be a personality. Yeah. You mentioned so rare. Um, I feel we, we certainly right to talk about it because it takes up a lot of your life. It does, does these um, days, yeah. For anyone who's watching who doesn't know what it is, sales pitch. What is so rare and why have you invested not only countless amount of time, but <laughs> a decent amount oh, of money? A lot, lot of money. Into um, so rare. Imagine FPL, but instead of using what they give you to buy the players, you actually buy the players. And if you want to buy more, you could buy more. Like, imagine, do you play FPL? Yes. So imagine you could just have Haaland and Salah and Son and imagine you could have everyone and then just set your lineup every week based on who you think is going to be the best not based on who fits your budget that's effectively so rare's kind of like situation yeah sales pitch is like the fantasy football but because it's nfts or like backed on a blockchain people just don't like it and i, I get it but um i just i fell in love with it like it's for, for me it's like the football manager style thing as well as the kind of like fantasy style thing and then because you can win rewards that have value um it kind of like scratches that itch as well of like being able to win something the, your gallery that is um, I'm, I'm i'm very new but yeah. I've, I've researched <laughs> in preparation um that's the amount of assets yeah that you own can you say how, what is that yeah, how much is public. it it's like 70 grand at the moment okay and is that 
a loss on how much you put in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, like, I've, I've invested about 120 grand. Um, so, you know, anyone that's listening or watching the podcast, genuinely, like, do your own research. And I've been a massive advocate, whilst on So Rare anyway, of play for free. Like, they've got some really cool free to play. Like, I played during areas. the World Cup. When it was free to play. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. So that like their free to play side of things is, is nice. Um and it will it will give you a feel for whether or not you want to invest in it. But when I invested, you know, do you know who Gary V is? Yes. So Gary V had apparently just like pumped So Rare. And I didn't know that, but I bought into So Rare from the Gary V boom mm. and when ETH was like four thousand a coin and it's since dropped as low as £700 a coin and now is sitting at about £1,400 a coin. So I kind of bought in, like, imagine an SBC comes out and, like, you know, it makes, like, some rando common gold go to, like, 10K. And I'm like, yeah, let me go and buy, like, 100 of those <laughs> for 10K. And now all of a sudden I'm sitting there looking at, like, 600 coins. Like, what the hell have I done? So a lot of, lot of expensive lessons learned. But I've kind of, like, got myself... I understand the game now and, and like, the financial side of it and, and, and how it's, like, interacts with... Ethereum and, and whatnot. And I've kind of like my gallery was as low as like forty thousand pounds about six months ago. So I'm kind of like working hard to to claw it back and get that value back into it. Yeah. I guess it's long all long term though, isn't it? It's all about long term. Yeah. You know, yeah. You know, Ethereum. I've played around with that in the same point that you did as well, and you learned a lot of lessons. <laughs> yeah, expensive. It's lessons. like buying your, your your ultimate team for the first foot champs, and then you come back to it a couple of weeks later, and you've lost money and everybody. That's literally uh, yeah. how it feels. What's been your best um, Ethereum payout like reward? Like, don't you get rewards per week, don't you? Yeah, so they have, like, like weekly thresholds. So if you hit a certain point target, you just make, like, $5, $50, or $200. Um, so I won those, like, like semi-regularly. But I did win a few divisions where I've hit, like, you know, about like a maybe, like, 0.6 ETH, 0.7 ETH for the actual Ethereum payout. And then my best card was probably... Bruno Fernandez, the one his rare card that was worth about two grand, something like that. Straight sell? Yeah, I sold it. I actually sold it at the wrong time. I sold it for about twelve hundred pounds, and then I'll about three the weeks later, it was worth. <laughs> three weeks later, it was worth about two grand, and uh, yeah. So, but uh, yes, it's good. It's, it's it's just one of those things. Like, listen, not everyone can afford to play it, and and it is like a it is massive. It's like high risk, massively high risk, and because they're a pioneer in the industry as well, like other companies will learn from their mistakes and make better products. It's inevitable. So. Uh, like yeah, I'm I'm, abs- I'm not here. I'm not shilling so rare or anything. I'm not pr- like sponsored by them or anything. I I would I'd even argue that you just don't even play it. Like go and play for free, or just don't play it. You'd probably be better off. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of them as well. Like they've had some unbelievable partnerships too. You know, partnership yeah. with more leagues. I think you went and watched Arsenal a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that I was think on. You've been to Champions League nights with them as yeah, well. Yeah, they took uh, took me to Milan for the Milan derby Champions League semi final, which oh. was unreal. To be fair, yeah. So they've got some unreal like little sort of partnerships going as well which is which yeah. is massive starting to get a, a, a picture of you as a as a person what outside if you take away the penfers what what are sort of the other than i'm i'm, I'm guessing from the the talent you spoke to you family is number one that's what everything he's done for what are some of the sort of like you outside of the penfers as craig i'm just boring mate honestly i'm genuinely boring like I've put, I've just, I've just poured my life into work since I was like, as I say, like I started, you know, in the pubs at like 13 years old, did kitchen at 16, running pubs from 18. I never got that chance in my twenties. Like I didn't go to uni or anything. So I never got 
to like find what I loved and what I always loved was gaming. So it's like if if you were like, right, I've given you enough money that your family set for generations, retired you, what would you do? Probably play FIFA or FC24. Mm. Probably just play games anyway, yeah. Is it a case of like you've always had a work ethic as well because you know where you've come from and 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 there's a case of like you, one you, you want to be a provider for your for your kids but where you just work so hard it does become addictive at times yeah. you want to keep working hard and yeah. the money's good the money's good yeah. and you want to keep going yeah um, certainly have an addictive personality yeah and work is one of those positive things I've never been into like drugs or smoking or anything like that but. Uh, yeah, getting addicted to the to the grind is definitely one of them. Do you not feel as well though? You know, it's a bit of a catch twenty two. Like you know, you can say outside of the Pemphers, you might not feel like there's anything there, but at the same point, do you not look at yourself as like you're, you've created an unbelievable fan base? Like you know, do, the do day know, that you give up is like people are going to be like, do, do you know? Do you know what it is, right? So, f- so first of all, like everyone that's ever like, it, first of all, I I struggle to accept that I have fans. I have like, and I probably do, but I. I just don't know how. Sure. Like, I genuinely ask myself, and I've been through this with a few people over the years, Toby included, like, I don't know why people watch me. Like, there are so many quality content creators out there, and I can never understand why me. So I always assume that, I don't know, like, right place, right time. You know, I started when the industry was really small. I kind of, like, kept getting lucky breaks and lucky kicks throughout, like, you know, got the fortune of being in that sidemen gate, like... um like event where I went to their house and got massive kickback off of that and like huge viewership off of that and you know it was like in a few other things with um like JJ or the podcast to do with Mini Minter that lasted two episodes because I was terrible with that and like so I, d- I don't know I, d- I don't know about fans but I appreciate everyone that watches like I'm very grateful for everyone that watches um but I just don't see just don't see me like I just don't get I don't see myself as like an entity I just don't understand it really so it's hard for me to be like look at what I've done and look at what I've achieved because it doesn't feel any sort of like realness and then because of the foot galaxy situation it leaves this massive black cloud of like look all these cool things I've done and then it's just undermined by this one mistake that I'm like fucked up with and so for me personally, internally, I can't accept the positive because I've made a mistake. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I've been putting this off for a little while. I feel like we're in a good position to talk about it now. Go on in. Leaks in FIFA. Because yeah. you talked about creators and accounts and whatnot. Probably the, the, the biggest account over the last 24 months is a, a fella on X or Twitter called Foot Sheriff. Yeah. Who... Grew what a million followers in fifteen months. He is, yeah, um, real. Firstly, do you have any strong opinion on leaks? Has it hurt you as financially as well? And why VA not done anything about it? So I'll go in reverse. I've heard through the grapevine that EA don't know how to stop it. Whether or not that's true. I don't know, but they're, they're the stories that I've heard is that they're trying their very best to stop the leaks. Maybe now they've changed tune on that because they get so many views. It maybe creates a lot of hype for the, the promo. Content, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, hurt, it's hurt my views massively. Um, and you, you see the trend, actually, of as Foot Sheriff gets bigger, my 6pm content views slowly over months decline and decline and decline. And like part of that is because 
when you've seen on Tuesday what's coming on Friday, you don't need to see my video to see what's coming. But also, it's like what I explained earlier, right? Like, if you're just hungry for what's what's here, and 6 p.m. rolls around, and Foot Sheriff's like, this is what's here, what do you guys think? You're not going to be like, oh, when's this net video coming out? Like, I, or I'm going to wait, or you're just going to log on to the game yourself, or you see, you actually see now, like, trends in streams. Even me, when I'm streaming on YouTube, I have, like, two, 3,000 concurrent viewers for, like, an hour or an hour or two just playing the game. Then 6 p.m., the concurrent viewers, like, skyrocket to six, seven, eight thousand. 8,000. Then, like, 6, 10, straight back down to 2,000 again. And you see it with, like, Run the Foot Market, Nick, or Nick28T, Castro, Orzio. Like, these guys get tens of thousands of views now for 6 p.m. content, whereas nobody used to stream for the 6 p.m. content. So people, it's not even leaks per se, but where people get the content from has changed, which has hurt the views. But leaks in general... It's not just her like my views on 6 p.m. content. It's her like th there was there was a massive like community of guys that would make concepts for things. You know, like oh, imagine this as a promo and these fun cards, and then it was just start becoming like irrelevant because somebody would be like, yeah, they're not coming. These guys are coming, and it's like, well, this guy's put all his efforts into like making this fun concept for people to just be like, you're wrong. <laughs> Do you know much about sheriff? A uh, little bit. Like I, I I believe that the sheriff now isn't the sheriff that created the account oh wow yeah. sold it. <laughs> I, I believe so yeah um but the sheriff now whether that's true or not I, I genuinely can't verify again it's just something i've heard through the grapevine but i actually talked to the sheriff now like a fair bit because he's massive in so rare so we have like a lot of discussions about so rare breaking yeah. news i don't know they met him yet or not nah, nah. no i don't think anyone knows where he is no. where he's from that no. he is and the list goes on really about him Moving on to another subject I want to talk about now, and it's probably one of the favourite ones, is the Nepenthes memes. <laughs> you know, we looking into this, me and Richard, obviously looking through the archives, you know, the cheeky Kale or Navas, or put Nani into the SBC. Like, yeah. what? When you do those things, it's just, you stream for hours, you make videos for hours. Why do you think it's those moments that just become viral? I, do, I, I just don't know, man. Like, so, sometimes I've never, ever premeditated, like, something that's gone viral. But, like, the F1 one, which is probably, like, the most viewed meme. Like, that one, I see that at least, like, three or four times a week, get millions of views. Even, like, F1 Esports and F1 themselves have, like, used it as a meme. And apparently one of the stadiums had my one of my memes, like, playing out loud, like, during, during a game. But the F1 one is, like, I'm awful at F1, right? Even with the rig and everything. And I'm like going around this track doing this like qualifying lap. And I could just see my stream chat out the corner of my eye being like, he's like, like he's awful. Like, you know, <laughs> like all this like terrible comments about like how I'm never going to get first. And it was in like an online lobby. Like it might've actually been with Pie Face, I think. And uh, so I'm getting like round to the last corner and I'm just like trying to like almost like give myself a little bit of a break of like, yeah, easy, easy top three, no chance. But the 16th bit, like, the like enunciation on it and stuff it's like it's just a natural a natural thing that happened and it's good when it happens because it goes around around the bouts and stuff but then you do get like quite often i'm coming to you know when i'm streaming people just coming in they're like do you want advice on your team nep and i'm like no i don't <laughs> want any advice on my team <laughs> the best it must get frustrating though because you've had a you know, those typical foot champs moments. It's already annoying as it is losing the game. You see it with Pie Face a lot and you've got literally someone trying to coach you in the Twitch oh, chat. Yeah. Like, you must want to bite on that so much. Oh, and I do, I do. And it's like one of my worst traits, 100%. And and like, for mo for the most part, the people that are like backseat gaming and stuff are just sweethearts that are just trying to help. 
you get your old like bad apple that's just trying to wind you up but it's the guys that like that are in the stream a lot that you gravitate your eyes towards when you read a comment and when they say something like out of line in your opinion when you're frustrated with champs and then i'll like have a go at them and I, I genuinely feel bad afterwards. Like I'll end the stream and I'll be like, I was, I'm a dickhead. Like, I'm like, I hope that guy comes back in the stream tomorrow because I just want to like say sorry to him and like, you know, we'll just like kind of say hello to him or something to let him know that he wasn't anything wrong. Um, but the backseat game is like difficult to deal with because I'm not, I'm not generally a very good gamer. Like I have to work hard at playing the games and learn the meta and understand it. I'm not like naturally gifted at games. So when everyone's like, oh, just do this, I'm like, Mate, you do it if you don't. It's that easy. Like, yeah. What? God, I was gonna say, Rich, I was gonna say, what does the future look like for the Panthers in terms of content creation? Like, in the next five years, if there was goals that you wanted to achieve, or is it? You know, you said earlier on the podcast, just one more year. Is it still very much one year at a time? Let's just get through this next EAFC and see what comes. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I, like, I would like to pivot into a different genre within the industry. Um, and like, I don't know if you've ever seen like Sunny V2 or do you know Vizzy? Yes. So he changed his content. I really like his content and what he does in the football world, I like a lot. I want to do that in the gaming and specifically FC24 world. Um, and I've got a few like things lined up with that of like more completely like scripted, written kind of like literally like written scripts of videos to, to like explain to people about certain topics or certain things within the industry or the rise and fall of certain parts of it. Um, so I do want to pivot into that, but it's hard to pivot into something brand new when you're still kind of like getting good views on what you're doing. And although the views aren't what they used to be, it is still like, it's just unbelievable still how many people watch me and how many views I get, especially considering all of the upcoming guys that have come through. And, you know, you like you said before, like you've got your Danny Aaron's that do incredible, like Chuster's is like, absolutely smashing the scene and you've got the streamers like Orzio and run the mocking Nick that are absolutely smashing it. Like the fact that I'm still competitive with those in terms of views is like mad. So I'm more than happy at the moment to just keep plodding along until I'm kind of like forced to change. Speaking of FIFA YouTube, every episode of the full 90, every podcast, we're going to have uh, a segment that is called Buckley's big question. Go on. This episode of the full 90 your Mount Rushmore of FIFA YouTube. Who is on it and why? <laughs> Dramatic pause. <laughs> hey, it's so tough, isn't it? That's why it's a big question. Yeah, it's a big question. It's a tough one. I, I kind of covered a lot of it actually before. Like, like Wee Peeler's got to be on there because okay. just he's he was just one of the first, and he's uh. Yeah, I think he 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 gave me my break, so I would I would put Wee Peeler up there. Um, I think JJ's got to be there, even though he wasn't in the FIFA community for too too long. The views that he brought to it have transformed everybody's life. Even if he's not directly worked with someone, he's the reason. For the most part, we're all sat here today having this podcast, so he'd be up there. Um, I do think Hugh would be there because his editing skills back in like FIFA 10 and FIFA 11 were like worldly, absolutely worldly. Um, and then I'd, I'd probably give it the, the last one to Sam 5000 for the original Road to Glory in FIFA. Okay. None of the new generation? Not yet? I mean, when we're talking about Mount Rushmore, right? It's I know. like you've got, you've got to have some like heritage. You Maybe know, an Air Japes? Air Japes would be up there, yeah. 
Like you've given me four, you I put asked. me on the spot, mate. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm probably going to walk away. On there. I'm probably going to walk away thinking, God damn, I should have put him here and I should have put him up there. Like honestly, there, there, there's probably like 15 or 20 guys that have been massive pioneers for the community at one stage or another, at, at varying degrees of like, um, kind of like worth to the community that all deserve to be heralded on on the mountain. Where do you think we're going to go next in? specifically FC now with YouTube creation, we've got these sort of longer story-driven piece of content. We, we've gone through, we, we've even spoke about it, a lot of different versions of content, whether it's packs, Road to Glories, Pink Slips, yeah. when they were the thing. And um, over the last few years, it's been very 6pm, 20, 85 plus packs. Share play. Share play heavy. Now we're in this story-driven piece where it's really highly quick snap edited pieces. Do you think what's next? If you were to, you've got experience, not saying that you're old, but you've got lots of experience <laughs> and you've seen trends. Where do you think it's going to go next? I, I honestly think the next, yeah, I, I think it's like it goes back to square one. I think it goes back to the road's glories and the just playing for playing sake because it's we're like, I, I think this year and maybe next will be share plays and, and packs. Like those, the share play videos are wild. Um, but every, every sort of like, like Road to Glories were massive in FIFA 11, FIFA 12, and maybe FIFA 13. Then they kind of like really died off. And then FIFA 17, when champs came again, they picked up massively again for a few years. But now because everyone's so efficient at playing the game and there's so many content creators telling people how to play the game so efficiently in general, Road to Glories are just dead. I think that's what comes back again next. And I think Evos could be the thing around that if EA can get Evos right, where people actually just want to watch people playing through their account um but i wouldn't be surprised if we saw this year and maybe next as well a lot more of like the themed road to glories like you know you've got four hours to see what you can get or a new promo comes out so like you've got an end goal and like your journey is actually having an, an end point rather than just playing for the sake of playing that's what i think will be quite big over the next couple of years i agree i think because we're in this stage right now where you know I'm someone that's really profited of like short form content, this short form, as you said, like ADHD attention spam, like everyone wants packs now, they want the leaks, they want content, they want 15 second videos. I think it does get to a point where it's like, how little can you go? And then it needs to flip out and yeah, you need to go back to the start. Again. And you've seen that with TikTok, right? Monetizing one minute plus now shows that TikTok want longer form content on their platform because anybody that's watching that short form content now will inevitably grow up they're going to need something to watch. And that's why like a lot of my streams and videos still do well for the long form stuff because I've got a massively older generation that watch me that don't want to watch yeah. 30 seconds of a pack, but they want some like just something there, you know, something in the content that they're watching, something digestible, something to talk about, something to think about. And uh, as a new generation of younger people will still eat up that low attention span content, all of those people will want the the like something more engaging to work with when you look back on 15 years other than if you talked about foot galaxy where do you think if you were to do it again you would change because i've spoken to you quite a lot and you said you've, you've spoken to me in private saying pivot out of ea fc or fifa as it was and just try and be a tim the tapman-esque creator where you can play anything you want yeah do you think you would you have rather done that earlier or was it always designed to be like this? I think I'm a firm believer of everything I've done 
has led me to this point here. And there was probably one chance I had to get out of FIFA, and that was when Fortnite really popped off. And there was a good few, like three, four, five months where I'd play FIFA for four or five hours on stream and get X amount of views. I'd switch to Fortnite and my views would double. You know, I was in the Fortnite Friday tournaments and things like that, and like views on Fortnite were massive. Um, that was probably my opportunity to like pivot and become either a Fortnite streamer or just a multi-game streamer or uploader or whatever. Even some of the Fortnite videos I uploaded got hundreds of thousands of views, which was way more than what was getting on FIFA. Uh, the same as like some of the Fall Guys content, even though that kind of had a really short attention span, the viewership during that was quite big. Um, so I did have a an opportunity there. And the like, actually one of the biggest missed opportunities for me was Minecraft, right? When I did Minecraftian back on my old second channel on the Panthers HD, going back to like 2011, 2012, Vicstar wanted to do some like content with me. And I jumped into a video with him and a couple of the guys that he was playing with that ended up becoming his like Minecraft crew that blew up to like massive things. And there was just no like chemistry between all of us. So I only stayed for like one video and I never never went back to do any more with him. And I thought if I put a bit more effort in there, if, I, if I'd have known <laughs> what Vicstar was going to move on to, maybe I'd have put a bit more effort in. But um, a lot, I do like playing games and like mo like different games. I've got, I've got a lot of interest in like, you know, different genres of gaming and whatnot. But um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I stayed with FC24 because ultimately football and FIFA is is the drive and is the passion and since a little boy has been what I've, what I've wanted to do so yeah sort of last question i'd say from from myself is top three moments in your sort of youtube fifa career that you've been most proud of um, i mean hitting a million subs is pretty special so that that would probably just be the number one like moment just hitting a million subs in terms of the fifa career i can't lie hitting elite one in the old old uh, champ system getting 34 wins was was pretty mad like i was i remember i had this like six hour piano music on from youtube and i was i was like like 28 and 0 and i'd I've, i'd hit elite two a few times and elite three very regularly but elite one was like just beyond reach so i'm 28 and 0 and these six wins out of these last 12 games so i put this piano music on just put my headphones on and i it's one of those situations where i don't know if you've ever experienced this gaming but i just blacked out like blanked like i was just on autopilot playing all of them and I got to 34 and one and I was like, that's, that's insane. Like, and that's when you didn't need any more wins after that. Like, so just finished there. Like that was it. So that probably number two, there's probably things that people watching probably going like, how does he not remember this thing? And I'm like, like, what am I proud of? I don't like, I mean, as you, when you introduced the the podcast, like a billion views, like that's mad isn't it. Like, a lot of people. That's a lot of, that's a lot of views. Yeah. And they're not even short form views. Do no, you know what I mean? they're yeah. proper, like, yeah. proper long form views as well. Yeah, but like, what a what what a journey! It has been I mean? a journey. Yeah, we, and it has journey. been a true roller coaster. Like there has been some massive highs and some extreme lows. But yes, it's maybe I'll write a book one day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it could be a good idea. Um, I mean, last question from me before full time. Um, we've spoken about the end and you said you want to do one more year and just try and get that one more year and then it'll be another year do you have a in your head do you have a retirement like this is where i'm gonna say do you know I'm what is that or like? do you think you just like if you didn't earlier, have a drive you would yeah oh, lose motivation yeah. Like, like I said spiral. Earlier, right like if you if you gave me enough money to effectively retire me i'd probably just do what i'm doing now without the pressure of having to financially succeed and 
probably the content would actually get better because there wouldn't be that kind of like like kind of weight on your shoulders of feeling like you have to succeed so i would do more what i wanted to do more than what i felt i needed to do and it would probably excel so i i don't see I don't think people watch like a 45 year old FIFA streamer. I don't know who, like maybe they will, but um, I think ultimately like, yeah, I would love to continue in this social media space at least maybe just in the footballing aspect rather than the gaming aspect, like forever really. Well, I mean, look, that's one way to finish the podcast, Richard, more than 90 minutes. It's been more than the full 90 here from the Penfez. What a story, what a deep dive into his life, the highs and the lows of content creation. I think it was well-deserved of the extra time on both sets of the half, to be honest. Uh, could have probably done another 30 minutes with Nep. It was a fantastic episode. And once again, thank you for coming on, mate. Yeah, it's been good. Absolutely. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you've watched it visually or listened to it on our multiple audio platforms, please do like, subscribe, follow for more. This has been the Full 90 Podcast, and we really do hope you've enjoyed listening. 